Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to Of The Essence with Liz. I cannot believe it is about to be 2024. So crazy. I have been reflecting a lot on this past year and just the growth that I've had over the year. These were a few things that I journaled on, things that I'm proud of myself for this year, things I could improve upon, and things I'm looking forward to in year. So one of the things I'm really proud of myself for is I think back to January and I was in a really low point. I was going through a pretty good bout of depression. So yeah, one of the things I'm really proud of myself is for getting back into therapy and showing up like when it's not always easy to show up and talk about things and dig into trauma and all of that. So yeah, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud to say that I am feeling a lot better than I was this time last year. Also, you know, giving a big hug anyone who is feeling low right now. I'm hoping that 2024 brings some brighter days for for all of us. Anyway, yeah, another thing I'm proud of myself for I want to mention is setting boundaries. I mean, I truly did not know how to set boundaries only a few years ago. So yeah, it has become, honestly, it's it's just become like a practice for me and it's become a way to really put my needs first and like make sure that my needs are not overlooked by myself um, and by others. But yeah, so those are a couple of things I'm proud of myself for. Things that I could improve upon One of the things that I'm working on is uh, spending habits. So I want to do some more digging into this, like listen to some podcasts and things like that on saving and adhering to a budget, which has always been a struggle for me. And yeah, just saving more money and obviously having, having money for like fun things like trips and activities. So Yeah. And one of the things I'm looking forward to in the new year is cultivating more creativity and more trips. So yeah, I don't know where I want to go next year. Potentially Guatemala is on the books, but I definitely want to get out of the country to somewhere different, to somewhere that really like shakes up the culture and I know Oaxaca has been on my list for a while, so I'd love to knock that off as well. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to add a little end of year reflection in here. And I hope everyone has had a good holiday and is getting some time to relax and take in the time with friends and family and some reflection. You know, it was the full moon in Cancer last night. So I do feel like this culmination of things like coming to fruition and also letting go of expectations and letting go of things that like have not served me in the past that maybe were tied to like ancestral patterns. And so I'm really looking forward to just shedding that and coming into the new year with a fresh start. Yeah, I hope everyone has a great end to the year and a happy new year and I will talk to you all in 2024. Today's guest is the lovely Cammie Wolf. This is such a fun episode. 
and I think you guys are going to love it. So Cammie and I connected because we have the same autoimmune disorder. And so let me just give you a quick background on Cammie and then we'll jump right in. Cammie has been on a healing journey since 2011 when she was diagnosed with a laundry list of health issues at the ripe age of 21. She has overcome autoimmunity in her body, years of hormonal imbalance, mold toxicity, heavy metal poisoning, adrenal fatigue, weight gain, adult acne, burnout, and emotional dysregulation. And she is a coach guiding people on their path back to sound health in a healthy body. We chat about healing through autoimmunity. We chat about not identifying as having a disorder or as a quote-unquote ill person. Shifts that have had the most positive impact for Cami. Both of our thoughts on Botox. Spoiler alert, we are not fans. We chat about myofascial release, Psyche, and much more. So I think you all are going to love this episode and I hope you enjoy it. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. And as always, I would so, so appreciate if you leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast. It really does mean a lot and it does go a long way. So it would be a great little end of the year gift. Love you all. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast today. I'm so excited to have Cami with us. Welcome, Cami. Thanks for having me, Liz. I'm super excited to chat today. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. And can you just give a little intro of yourself to the audience? Yeah, so let's see. I professionally, I'm a wellness professional, so I help people get healthy in a variety of different ways, diet, lifestyle, you know, uh, a deeper lens into environmental toxins and how those can affect our health. Personally, I am a dog mom. I live in Portland, Maine, and I am also a podcaster sometimes, just depends, you know, if I'm ac an active podcaster or not. But yeah, I, I feel like I go on on that question a lot, but I will leave it at that. Yes, I love it. Fellow podcasters coming together. What is your astrological sign and your human design type, if you know it? Oh, yeah. So I am a Scorpio moon. I am a Taurus sun and I have a Gemini rising. Okay. Um, I've got an Aries in Venus and my Mars is in Pisces. Let's see. My human design profile, I'm a projector. I'm a one three. Me too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a you're one three, you said? One three, yeah. Okay. I have three in my profile. I'm a three five. Oh, okay. One of my best friends is a three five. Cool. Wait, so what's your profile type? Uh what's it called? Emotional authority, I think. Is that no, like what's the like the one three? The one three is the investigating martyr. So like mm. I kind of have to try things myself and like that definitely fits. Like I will, I have to fuck up first and then, you know, to learn something. Like I really, I'm like, yep, got to try that. But yeah, I guess it's like the investigating martyr is what they mm. call it. That's interesting. Yeah, I could see this uh, the parallels between this. Mine is the great life experimenter. So I'm supposed to like try a bunch of new things. And I do feel like I'm like trying things and quitting things a lot. But it's like I'm supposed to like share my experience so that I could maybe help others not have to like go through so many hurdles. But, you know, right. over hurdles. 
You know, I feel like hurdles do make us so much stronger on the other side. It's like, I don't wish some of my hurdles on anyone, but I also feel like I'm so grateful for them at this point because it's like, I don't know, I've learned so much, even if I was wildly uncomfortable the whole time. Definitely. Yeah. I think back on some of the most like transformative times of my life and I'm like, yeah, those were probably the like either lowest or hardest things that I've been through. So you created it, I guess. It makes you who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like I was talking to a friend this morning about like our human design and our astrological signs, but then who you are when you have when you have conditioning on top of that, Mm -hmm. because I feel like you can present very differently from, you know, say you're like a Scorpio moon. Well, if you're a Scorpio moon that is chronically ill, like you're going to look different than someone who isn't. And it's just interesting how like we have to take all that into account when we like astrologically profile or like, you know, human design profile. But I think a lot of those, I don't know what you call it, like self-discovery tools, like they they really do tell you like part of your like journey in the stars, which is kind of wild. Yeah, I feel like I was digging a lot into like the not self when I first found out about human design and how I could get rid of all of the projection because that's a big thing for projectors. We take on other people's projections of who we should be in in the world. And so that's been like really liberating for me Mm -hmm. to be like, wow, I don't have to be this person that you think I should be. Mm -hmm. I can just be who I am. (laughs) What did that what did that look like? Like what's a projection that you thought that you felt like you had that now like you don't have anymore or like you could let go of? Yeah, I mean, I guess with work, I think I felt like I should have a nine to five and be like everyone else and work hard. And I just really didn't feel like that ever really resonated for me. And when I was working hard, I was at my absolute worst. That's when I found out I had Hashimoto's. And Mm -hmm. so I think that it was liberating in a way like I can still bring purpose to my life through like the podcast, through having part-time jobs, but I don't need to be like giving my entire livelihood over to a job. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like coming out of college, it's like so ingrained in your mind that like you got to have this big girl job or a big boy job. And it's like, yeah, but like, what do you actually want as opposed to like everyone around you or your parents or whatnot? Like, Yeah, that's such a good one. So besides podcasting, like, are you still, you're doing some voiceover stuff, right? This isn't about me. (laughs) I know, but I'm curious. I'm like, well, what did you do before? Like, I I know you from, uh, we've connected on, like, we both have the same autoimmune disorder. So I'm like, I don't even know what you do professionally. Yeah, um, I work in the music industry. So yeah, it's fun. I love music. So it's like good for me. And it is part time. It's like hours can be kind of sporadic, which is can be tough. But you know, I enjoy it for mostly for the perks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Going back to the Hashimoto's, how has having Hashimoto's impacted your life? I know it's like a big question. But yeah, well, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2011. And so I I always laugh because I thought I had like, I thought I just had like really bad acne. And I went to the doctor and he was like, oh no, you you have an autoimmune disorder. You have parasites, you have yeast, you have all these things. Yeah. And you have Hashimoto's. And I was like, 
oh. And so going into a doctor's appointment, thinking that like you just had acne and coming out with like an autoimmune disorder was like crippling to my identity. I was just like, but I'm healthy. Like, what do you mean? But what kind of doctor was this? That doctor sounds amazing. It was actually a functional medicine doctor. His name is Dr. Mark Hyman. He's like a celebrity doctor now. But... Yeah, he's, I've heard of him. He wrote a book, yeah. right? Oh, he's written like seven books. But at the time, you know, like he had a practice in Lenox, Lenox, Massachusetts. And my mom read this book. It's called The Ultra Mind Solution. And she was like, you have to go see this doctor. Like, because I always grew up and I always had like a lot of things that were off. But, you know, it manifested mostly as like, I was always like, I was a chronically constipated and I had like severe ADHD and I never like knew that those could be symptoms of like Hashimoto's. And so, and I really think that autoimmune disorders kind of present differently in everyone else. Like for me, mine is much more mental. So like I get super bad brain fog. I get, you know, I don't have any constipation or anything like that anymore, but like mine's like depression and like a tendency to be like dissatisfied with mm -hmm. life, which I think could be a lot of different things. But when my thyroid is in a good place, like those don't exist in my life. Like I'm really balanced. I'm very generally happy. Like my body feels good. So like for the most part, my Hashimoto's is controlled because I like really do so many things to support myself. But I have seen um, through the years, like if I'm ever exposed to mold, like my Hashimoto's flares immediately, which sucks because like sometimes you're exposed to mold and like, you know, I just moved into an old house. So I've had like, you know, we've had to do some remediation and like I can feel my old symptoms popping up, which is kind of cool because it's showing me that I haven't had this for so long that I kind of forgot what it was like. But being back in the throes of it, I'm kind of like, huh. And it's like not every day is bad, but like specifically lately, my brain fog has been terrible. And I'm like, what is this? And I realized, oh, it's from the mold we have. And like, yes, we're taking care of it, but I'm super sensitive and it affects me. So I have to be really gentle in general. And like my symptoms flaring is kind of a sign that I need to like slow down. Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of that. I feel like whenever my symptoms are pretty similar, I mean, makes sense the same autoimmune but I'm sure it does affect different people differently but yeah brain fog was one of the hardest ones for me to grapple with because I was like why do I just feel like I can't even like think and I do feel like since giving up like a lot of you know toxins and trying to make my life like as toxin free I don't know as natural as yeah. I can. I've become so much more sensitive to these things when I'm out in the world, let's say at work or like the airport, wherever it may be. And there's like an air freshener and I'm like, oh my God, that's toxic. Like get that away from me. You know? You and me both. I am like the biggest thing moving into this house is that the person who used to live here had like probably must have been like 500 Glade plugins plugged in every single room and it wow. making me I now have like three air filters but like I had two before I have had to get more because this house like it felt so disgusting and it was really you know they found that Glade plugins have fungicides in them and they actually make if you are gonna have mold problems it makes the mold much worse because it essentially like it's kind of the idea of like if you take too many antibiotics you like fuck up your gut 
Well, if you have like fungicides everywhere in your house, it messes up the ecosystem of a home. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that about the fungicides. I mean, it doesn't really surprise. It doesn't shock me because I knew they were toxic, but I didn't necessarily know like the reason why that's yeah. like, why is it so commonplace and that and like even the air fresheners in like Ubers or I'm like, I'm out. I'm out the window with my mouth, like breathing outside the window. When, if yeah. I'm in an Uber, one of those. No, I know. It is crazy to kind of look back on like the progress, though, and to understand like how far and appreciate how far we have come in mm-hmm. our respective Hashimoto's journeys. Yeah. Well, I think a big part of it is like, a couple of years ago, I was just like, I don't identify with that anymore. Like I sometimes like show in my blood work that I have an autoimmune disorder, but like, I just don't think of myself as that. And I think that for me, like becoming less identified with someone who has like ailments has been a positive because, you know, like part of having stuff like that is having more like health anxiety of like, oh no, is this something flaring? Is this something like getting bad again? And it's like, well, if I identify less with that, I'm not you know, conditioned to think like, oh, something's wrong. It's kind of like, I feel like the less I pay attention to it, the better I do. Yeah, totally. I mean, like we all have ebbs and flows in our health and our lives. And it's like, it just because one thing happens doesn't mean that I'm having a flare up of Hashimoto's. And yeah, I I tell people I'm gluten free. Sometimes I ask why. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I have Hashimoto's like and they're like what is that and I'm like I don't like saying it's like an autoimmune disorder because it makes it seem like I have something wrong with me but like if you have a good reframe for that I would love to hear it yeah well I think too like with Hashimoto's people like people that like from a spiritual sense the people who get Hashimoto's oftentimes minimize things right like in general and so I'm always like I do the same thing because I'm I'm actually trying to make other people comfortable with something that like I'm already comfortable with, which is like actually not my job, but I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm gluten-free and dairy-free because I'm not, you know, and I don't even say like, because I have an autoimmune disorder anymore. But what I used to tell people was, well, gluten is a slow killer for people who have Hashimoto's and like that shuts them up pretty quickly. (laughs) I'd be like, it's a slow death. I was like, so over time, it affects the thyroid. And they'd be like, oh, okay. (laughs) But yeah, now I just typically say like, oh yeah, I'm gluten-free for health reasons. Mm-hmm. What are some of the uh, lifestyle changes you've made that brought the most transformation into your life? Ooh, a few. Probably the most profound thing I've ever done for my health is introducing celery juice into my life, which, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, that's that's not a thing. And it's like, I went from having like very terrible acne and I've been doing celery juice for six or seven years and I just like have the clearest skin now and I just don't suffer from that anymore and like I was just constantly over like agonizing over the fact that I had like this acne that wouldn't go away and celery juice really really helped my autoimmune disorder so like I would say that is one of the biggest health hacks is 16 ounces of celery juice on an empty stomach every morning and then I'm a huge fan of a couple different things but one, to be magnetic, which is a neural manifestation program, but I don't really think of it as manifestation. I more think of it as like an opportunity to process your emotions and regulate your nervous system, which for me, I like things that are super tangible. So I don't know, it's $20 a month 
it taught me how to use meditation to regulate my nervous system. So like I had used different apps in the past, but it was like the one thing that I've been able to stick to consistently for several years. And yeah, regulating my nervous system was a game changer when it came to like just functioning normally day to day, just because I've always been someone who like, I can get really overwhelmed easily, or I can, you know, get emotionally hijacked and like teaching myself how to regulate my nervous system was, was huge. So like celery juice, nervous system regulation. And I love sauna. Like I love the infrared sauna, like sweating is so healing for me. I love sweating so much. I actually just bought on a Black Friday deal an infrared sauna package. Uh, I I have the one that's like a blanket that you like put yourself in at the higher dose, like basically comes up to your neck. It's like this big black sleeping bag. I, I like it. It's not the same as like an infrared, but it's a good it's a good like bridge to one day having a sauna. Oh, yeah. I mean, one day I will for sure have a sauna, but for now cool. I'll just have to go do saunas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a sauna back in the day and it was, it was amazing. A dream. Yeah. My sister has one. It's like, uh, that's goals right there. Yeah. I know. Sometime soon. Maybe like two year goal. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a good goal. I like yeah. that. What I know that like, I saw one of your videos that you posted on Instagram. I think it was today. You reposted it on the, the truth behind Botox. I just want to kind of like talk about this a little bit because a lot of my friends are into Botox and that's fine. I mean, I support whatever you want to do, you know, but I yeah. would never do it. Yeah. Um, I personally am a big fan of like gua sha and like getting regular facials and just having a good skincare regimen. But I'm curious your thoughts on Botox and also if you have any like natural alternatives to Botox that have, you know, similar effects. Yeah. So I love this question because I love this topic. Um, there are, well, one, we are being conditioned and programmed to believe that everyone needs Botox when in reality, like Botox is a neurotoxin. So you're like injecting a neurotoxin very, very close to your brain. And as someone who is like trying to minimize their toxin exposure because of a very real threat, right? Like some people who aren't, who haven't had the history of moving through sickness probably will still get Botox, right? Because they don't have that experience, that lived experience that like, I don't ever want to go back there. So I'm not going to, I'm going to minimize things that could bring me back there. I just don't think we have the long-term knowledge of what Botox is going to do. I think that this generation is a great test subject and I'm just not interested in being a test. Like, I don't know, I'm going to sound like a freak, but even like our cell phones, you know, like the EMF, the constant EMF exposure, like we're just doing an experiment. We have no idea, right? Long-term effects of this stuff. Yep. But some of the most powerful things that I found, right? Because I'm like 33. So I always tell people like, I have this thing. It's the 2020 scowl, which is like the 11s in between your forehead. And like, they're not that bad, but I think um, it's the 2020 scowl. It's, it's just, it's so palpable. But I've recently gotten really into fascia and like myofascial release like my friend is a practitioner and so she's doing a 12 series on like it's a full body experience like it's basically it's kind of like rolfing but they call it myofascial release mm -hmm. and one of the sessions you do like all face things and 
she was just telling me like about this girl she went to school with that I found and connected with on TikTok and Instagram. And her name is like Anastasia Facial, Anastasia Fascia something. We can link it. Is that the one you posted? Yes. No, I just followed her. Yeah. So basically she teaches you how to massage the fascia in your face to, if you look at her photos, you can see like her mouth was like to the side and like things were off. And she just talks about how you can do these like different massages to change very, like a bunch of different aspects of your face if you want, right? Like she had like hooded eyebrow or hooded eyes and she didn't like that. And I don't know, I've been doing them occasionally, like not even every day. And I feel like I notice a difference, like things like that I'm interested in. I also like frownies, which are basically like this mask that you can put on your head while you sleep. It's like, I don't know, you can look, look them up on TikTok or Instagram, but I find that those work. What they do is they like naturally train your muscles as opposed to paralyze them. Also to like the reason why our skin sags on our face is because our skulls shrink. I learned that from Anastasia. What? And so that's basically bone loss. That's that's bone density, right? So if you're doing things to prevent bone loss, you're perv- that's anti-aging, right? So like also people think that like they can fill their bodies and their vessels with garbage and look young forever. Like it's just you probably just not. And also like there's nothing wrong with aging, but I understand like we've all been conditioned to like not want to age. So I understand where people are coming from. And it's not to like poo-poo on anyone that gets Botox. I have a ton of friends who get Botox. And like maybe I would in a different world where I didn't experience what I experienced. But for me, it's just like I'm not going to do all these things to be healthy and then put Botox in my face. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think, yeah, for people who maybe have never had an autoimmune disorder, again, hate that, but, you know, then sure, why not? But for us who are trying to minimize our toxic load, it does not make sense. And it would be like hypocritical. Well, yeah. I mean, also one thing you can like, if you don't like saying like, oh, my autoimmune disorder, you can say like health crisis. (laughs) Because it's like, it's isolated, right? So it's not like something that's ongoing. Right. But it's like, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is hypocritical. I mean, I think everyone is allowed to have their like hypocritical things, but really it's not true alignment. If you're preaching one thing and you're doing another, something's incongruent, right? And that incongruency over time, it shifts your energy. So like, I don't know, I always look for the incongruencies in my life and I try to minimize them because that's something I'm interested in. Whereas some people, they don't care about that. So like everyone has their thing. Yeah, I'm very intrigued by the myofascial massage and release. I would love to learn more about that. And yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like a really cool course that she's offering. It is like she has a course that's like, I think, 30 days. But also the school that my friend went to was like a year long course. She's a Pilates teacher and she went and took this um, year long course. And the fascia is fascinating because part of the reason why they like believe that moving your fascia or like working with your fascia is so important is because it helps to like change the neural pathways in your brain. So like rolfing changes your body structure, but it also changes the way your mind works. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. I'm not sure exactly like how it works, but I don't know. I've always been really interested in that aspect of that type of body work. Yeah. Add that to the list of classes that I want to take. 
<laughs> do you have that problem too? I do have that problem. I'm like constantly, I'm about to start an herbalism class and then now I want to do this class. I feel like I'm always seeking out, like I want to get back into fresh lessons. Just like, I'm like, it's too much. I can't do all of it. I'm a projector after my own heart. <laughs> always think you need to know more. Exactly. The wisdom is always, there's always so much more to have. Um, yeah, that's so fun though. I don't know. I love to, I love continuous education. Like it's so fun. I do too. Yeah. It's just, it is fascinating. Like finding different areas of life that different people are experts in and learning about the traditions. And yeah, there's just so many things to learn. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about Psych K. I did a little bit of Psych K, so I am familiar with it. But for anyone who's not familiar, what is Psych K and subconscious reprogramming? Yeah. So the easiest way to think about Psych K is it creates a whole brain state right? We have our right, right hemisphere of the brain and our left hemisphere of the brain, and they can get out of balance, right? Like we use different, different parts of our brains for different things, right? So the, at the basis of Psyche, it's creating a whole brain state, right? And so when we are, you know, the, the process is essentially we can shift any living belief you might have, right, into a new way of thinking, right? So it combines neuroscience, energy work, and it's short for psychological kinesiology, right? So you use muscle testing to test to see what your subconscious believes, right? Because consciously, we might think that we believe one thing, but our subconscious isn't in alignment with that, right? So what I like about Psyche is it bypass, bypasses the conscious brain, and we use muscle testing to see what your subconscious believes, and then we can reprogram it with what's called a balance. And it's very simple. It's non-invasive. And the reason why I think it's so powerful is because it works to change our neural pathways. So like I told you, like I love TBM and I love meditation and I love neural repatterning. Psyche is like one step above that where you can shift beliefs. Like if you can zero in on the beliefs, you can shift them very quickly. And so people use this for all sorts of things, but you know, weight loss, calling in, you know, different aspects of, of a life that you want that's different from yours right now. So a question that I use often in session is, okay, you're experiencing what you're experiencing, but what do you want instead, right? And so oftentimes people have trouble shifting out of the state that they're in into the alternative of like, okay, well, I know what it's like to be in this unsettled state, but like, how do I want to feel instead? It's very hard for people to be like, I want to feel free. You know, usually they're like, I want to feel not suffocated. And well, not suffocated isn't positively stated, right? So you help people craft a goal statement where it's first person, positively stated, emotionally meaningful, short, right? And from there, we reprogram that new belief. And from there, your reality can change instantly. So it's part uh, neuroscience, part quantum physics, and super effective in my experience. Yeah. So I'm curious how you got into Psyche. Yeah. So I have a best friend who started working with a practitioner, I guess, in December of 2020 or like November of 2020. And I watched her start shifting so rapidly that I was, I mean, I was like, what, what are you doing with this girl? Like you are, you are changing so quickly. Like, this is so cool. And she was someone who like, like myself was really into a bunch of different things. And 
the just rapid change that I saw her go through over a period of a couple of months, like one of her big goals was to call in a new job in a senior leadership position. And she went from being in grad school to like making an absurd amount of money in like six months. And I was like, whoa, like that's really cool. And so I was, you know, talking to her about like what this person she was working with was doing with her. And she had mentioned Psyche. So the following June, like being a student of life as we are, I went and took a Psyche course in New York City. And when I first got there, to be honest, I was kind of like, this is a little weird. But as I was going through the weekend, at that time, I really wanted to call in a partner. And I had done so much work around this. I really had every avenue you can imagine, like plant medicine therapy, like manifestation lists, like all these different things. And I went to this course. And then a week later, I'm, I moved back home to Portland, Maine. And I met my partner and I was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't even put two and two together. But as I was looking at my psyche journal from like a month later, I was like, oh my God, all of my balances that weekend had been around calling in a partner. And I went ha home and it happened within like seven days. And this is after like a year and a half of like failed whatever, you know, relationships. So I thought, okay, that's cool. That's interesting. I'm noticing that. So the following year, I went to another workshop. And in that workshop, I was manifesting a solution to like debt that I was, that I had accumulated. When I moved back to Maine, my business shifted a lot and some of my revenue streams ended. And so I just, for the first time in like six years, I was like, shit, like I have to figure out like, first of all, I've like racked up some debt. Like what am I going to do about this? And so basically like I get back from the, the weekend and out of nowhere, I just decide like, I basically came to the acceptance that I was going to sell my car and pay off this debt. Right. And if you know me, you know, like I loved my Jeep. Like there was nothing I loved more in the world than this car. And for me to be able to get to a place of acceptance to let it go was huge. And like for some people, that's not a miracle. But for me, that was a miracle. And not only did I sell my car, I sold my car for $40,000. Like, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, that is it, a used car. Yeah. And it was like just the time in the market and it was perfect. Right. So I did that and I had like money left over, which is great. And then I like my whole financial budgeting, learning how to like be responsible with money is like a whole nother story in itself. But again, a year later, I went back to a Psyche workshop and the entire weekend I was doing balances around calling in a house and like calling in my dream house. And I fly back from California, take a red eye on a Sunday night. And over the weekend, I looked over, I looked on Zillow and Monday morning, I like went to look at a house that I had like caught my eye. And it was like all the things that I had been looking for, like in a home. And it just like popped up out of nowhere. And now I'm living in the house, right? So like, yes, it could be placebo or it could be coincidence, but things keep happening in my life as I'm doing this work that are like unimaginable to me. And then, you know, over the past three years of learning this, I've been doing it with clients and friends and pra I practiced for a year on people before I ever did a session with, you know, a, a paid session with people. But I just had a client last week who came in with financial, big financial hardship. They needed money like very quickly. It, they've had a hard year in real estate. And we did a session and they, the next day, all these people that they had like inquired to for a loan came back and they ended up raising like $300,000 in one day. And like wow. the day before they were crying hysterically on the phone with me. I don't know. Like I just pay attention to those kind of things. And like, I don't, I can't really explain it. I don't really know. Like, yes, I know it's shifting the quantum field, but like, I don't 100% get what's happening and it, and it works. So I'm paying attention.
Yeah, that is powerful. I mean, it's just, it can't all be coincidence, you know, like it just can't. And the way I like to look at it is like even belief, right? Like belief, the science of belief is, is powerful. So if you think something like is going to, if you're continuously thinking like, well, this is working for me, this is working for me, like it's going to work for you. Another aspect of psyche is there's a portion of aligned action. So the balances we do create potential, but you have to have aligned action mm-hmm. to, like after you lead the session. So whatever we're balancing around, say we're balancing around ease and peace in your financial state, like your aligned action could be going on the computer, opening your bank account daily and expanding around that and like regulating your nervous system as you look at your bank account, right? that's an aligned action that's going to get you one step closer to feeling ease and peace with your finances. Mm. Right. I love that. It's just so powerful what like science and the subconscious programming, because I think just alone, the subconscious reprogramming it is so powerful because we can limit ourselves through our belittling thoughts. And like, I know this firsthand from just you know, thinking things about myself. And then uh, I didn't do psyche for very long, but I would love to do it again at some point. Um, yeah, we should definitely, we should do the session. I love, yes. I love doing it with friends. Yeah, it's also like, I don't know, I think about like the subconscious mind so much. I mean, probably because, I don't know, I think it's in my, my stars as well. But there's something in the 12th house in my chart. I can't remember, my friend always tells me, but I don't know, like there is definitely something to things that, connect you with your higher power. And like, also one of the other aspects of Psyche is that it's creating, it's creating regulation in the nervous system. So it's reducing stress. So they've done a lot of research on Psyche and uh, MS. Mm. Um, And they've shown that, and this is all like research that's, that's been done by a practice in Turkey, but they showed that like, you can reduce the, I think it's oxidative stress with weekly psyche sessions. So there is some science to back it up, which is pretty cool too. But yeah, I mean, I could go on about psyche for forever, but yeah. That's really cool though. And I'm also just curious, how did you meet your current partner? Ooh, so I met him on Hinge. Okay, Um, Hinge success story. I've had a lot of Hinge failed. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I would say like, at the time I was like, I thought it would only be in Portland, Maine for two months. Like my plan was to be here two months. That was to pack my bag, go to Austin, Texas, live out my like Austin, Texas fantasy, which maybe one day. But, but yeah, I met Glenn and I decided to stick around. He was like not someone on paper that I would have like initially been like, oh yeah, that's the person. I'd always kind of like dated more like, I don't know, just the more intense guys. And Glenn is like just very different. He's very sweet. He's really nice. His pictures were terrible on Hinge. He's very cute in person. So, you know, like sometimes you like just got to go on the date and see what it's oh, like. Yeah. Totally. Well, then sometimes they have really good pictures and you're like, actually, I was more attracted to your pictures. That's totally a thing as well. Like there, <laughs> I mean, I'll say I, I did go on probably 20 Hinge dates the year and a half leading up to meeting him. But I always like, it was always an adventure. And like, I'm the kind of person that always has like a story with each adventure. And, but I think he really regulates me. Like I can tend to be like, just very ethereal. Like 
and he's very grounding. He's more practical. Like if I was with someone who was super spiritual, we would probably be living in an ashram in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm just like, I would do that. Like I would, you know, or I'd be in a cult or something, you know? So uh, yeah, he keeps me very grounded. That's so funny. Yeah, I feel like I, yeah. I feel like that we have a lot of similarities in that way too. Like I could be like in the clouds all day, and like I that's what I love about the masculine so much is that it is so grounding. And I'm like, wow, you really just brought me back down to reality there. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes I'll get you know like oh he doesn't have enough possibility like no and I'm and, and I'm like well I have a possibility for the both of us and if he wasn't like. I don't know, Cammy, but like he does play into like, I'm like, we can do the tile in our bathroom ourselves. We don't need to hire someone. He's like, I don't know. Like, ah. and he's like, okay, we can try it. Whereas like, I would probably like be redoing the floors and doing something I have no idea how to do just because I think I can do it. Like he really helps to, you know, to ground. So it's, it's nice. That's so funny. I'm picturing you guys just doing all of your own tiles, like figuring it out one by well, one. That's the plan for this weekend. I TBD on, you know, he's like, I don't, I'm like, we're gonna have to, we're have to rent a wet saw. We're gonna, I'm like, he's like, oh Lord. I was like, I don't know. Okay. But hopefully, I mean, talk to me next week. I'll tell you how it went. Yeah. I can't wait to check in because actually my sister has some really cool tiles and like it, it is such a cool aspect of a house. So it is like, and of course I'm like, oh, I got to go to the tile store and I pick out these tiles and I, I get the quote and they're like, yeah, it's $800. And I'm like, okay, we should go to Home Depot. Like, yeah, no, it's like they have this luxury taste, but like, you know, on a Coors Light budget. So I feel that so much. Did you like pick everything out by yourself? Like how, what's your vision for the house? How did you come up with it? Yeah. So the first project we have is this bathroom. We had to, we had a toilet leak, which, you know, homeownership, we had a toilet leak and then we had to remediate mold, which already had me in a tizzy because that's half the reason why I think I got an autoimmune disorder. But so we had to take care of that. And then when you rip up the floor, like you can either decide, do we want to do vinyl? Do we want to do tile? And I just feel like tile is one non-toxic, but it's also like resale value. If you just take the time to do tile, it's going to look so much better than if you do vinyl. No offense if people like vinyl, but it's just not for me. So, you know, I went to Home Depot. I just looked at the, like the best ones that I liked. They have some good stuff. I mean, you can pick and choose, but I got like kind of a, a flower. My house is like kind of like craftsman style, but also has like some mid-century elements. So I love that. Yeah. We'll see. I hope it comes out well. Yes. Well, send me the finished product. I can't wait. I to. Will. Yeah. I'm excited. I've been trying to do some more like decorating projects because I feel like, you know, like when I first bought my place, I don't have a house yet. It's like a condo apartment, yeah. whatever, but amazing. Um, yeah, it's great. I just was so overwhelmed at first that I like almost froze and didn't really do anything for a while. And now I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, okay, I really want to start getting more into like decor and like making it more cozy and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it is fun, cool. like definitely a fun project. I do get overwhelmed with it. So I have to like reel it in and be like, I'm going to focus on this one tiny area. <laughs> yeah. I am very similar in that way. I like did one one room, like one room is my style, I would say. Everything else is like not exactly my style yet, but one thing at a time. When I was in my old apartment, the apartment was like, 
pretty like had like 90s fixtures and it had like these really dark oak wood cabinets and so and it was right on the ocean so this summer before I before I knew I was moving out I did a whole project where I repainted the cabinets and it was and changed the fixtures and like painted them this beautiful like green color and I changed all the fixtures in the apartment and, and it looked amazing and I thought like I really wanted to do that because I felt like it was bringing me one step closer to like the aesthetic and the vibe that I wanted to live in. Yet it wasn't like the change of an apartment. It was just like mm-hmm. an upgrade in my current space. And I don't know, I would love to do more like that here. But again, like one thing at a time. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I could keep chatting all day, but I think we'll wrap this up for the sake of the audience. Yeah. Can you leave us with one piece of advice um, for the mm-hmm. audience? Well, I will leave you with if you think that something is off in your health or your life and there's people telling you that you that you're fine, like listen to your gut feeling because I trust that you're right. And I think there's a lot of medical gaslighting with like even with family. And I think it's really important that if you feel like something's off, you should always be your own advocate because no one else is going to advocate for you. I love that so much. Always listen to your intuition. And if the audience wants to get in touch or work with you, potentially, what's yeah. the best way to get in touch? So you can find me at the Canis Ship, T-H-E-C-A-N-I-S-S-H-I-F-T. Season three of Triggered to Life podcast is coming out. So you could also check it out when, when we launch. And Liz is going to be on. So you guys should head over and, and listen there, too. Yay. I can't wait. Yeah. Or um, just at Cami Wolf on Instagram. That's my personal. And I'm always around there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cami. This has been such a fun conversation. Thanks, Liz. Bye, everyone. Bye.